Hey guys, it's time for Nina's Got Good News. Nina's a former TV news gal who used to share all the news. Now, as a mom and small businesswoman, she wants to share only the good stuff. It's time to brighten your day. So here's your host, Nina B. Clark. Hi everyone, this is Nina Clark, your host of Nina's Got Good News. First up, before we dive into this podcast, I just want to say... I love you guys. I'm thinking of you all, especially right now during this COVID-19 pandemic. I'm so appreciative of all of you guys showing up and listening to this good news movement. I do strongly believe that staying positive and finding some good news right now is more important than ever. And that has always been my mission on this podcast since we launched it back in 2018. Today's episode will inspire you and hopefully help you as we all navigate our new normal. So welcome to podcast number 69. My special guest today is a college freshman at Fairfield University right here in Connecticut. He's also a superstar hockey goalie, and he knows firsthand about isolation and social distancing. Charlie Capalbo beat cancer not once, but twice, and his courageous story of survival will move you, especially right now in our current environment. Welcome to the podcast, Charlie. How are you, my friend? How you doing? I'm I'm great, Nina. Thank you. Thank you for that. That was that was great. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. I'm. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm. You know, I'm sort of doing one day at a time mm-hmm. um, over here, trying to stay positive. It is hard though now because I've, you know, I have a lot of friends um, that have gotten sick from this, mm-hmm. and I also have friends that are in in that work, they're healthcare workers. So they're yeah. fighting this pandemic firsthand. This is, this is hard, right? It's like a roller coaster. I feel like some days I'm up and then some days I'm down. Um, but I do try to take it one day at a time and try to stay positive. And each day I, I do talk to your mom about this a lot. Sure. Shout out to Jen, your amazing mom. But I always talk about, you know, putting out good energy. I feel like the energy you put out really makes a difference in this world. So every day I try to put out some good energy just to try to help others navigate this just strange time. But I know you understand this more than the rest of us do, but how are you feeling just, you know, I know you have a compromised immune system, of course, after going through so much um, with your own health, but so how are you feeling and how are you doing? So uh, that's a pretty common question for me. And um, ever since last, like November-ish, I've felt, you know, as good as I'm going to feel. Um, so I can't, can't complain about that. Um, and it's just, it's, it's just crazy because I, my family was in isolation for me up until um, right about November. And then I headed back to school. Um, for the spring semester and now all of a sudden we're back here again so it's it's uh it's it's kind of funny but um I want to um elaborate on your spreading positive energy that's um that's one of the things that got uh, my family and I through everything was just always trying to make jokes always have a smile it's just one thing that you can control in a situation like this where you there's not a lot you control. So you need to, you need to find the things that you can and, and take advantage of that. That was one of the things when you and I first met and we talked and I talked to your mom and um, just your attitudes were so inspiring the way you guys always try to find the positive, even on the dark days, it just, um, it made a big difference for me. And I just want you to know you and your mom both 
made such an impact on me and my life. So I feel like that's why we connected. I, after that, I call your mom, my, I call you guys my positive people. I always text her. I said, how are my positive people today? (laughs) So Charlie, take us back because not everyone knows your, your backstory as well as, as well as I do, but take us back to when you were first diagnosed with cancer. You know, first you had an aggressive form of um, lymphoma and then later with leukemia, but take us back a little bit about your own health journey. Okay. Um, so yeah, in, uh, March of 2017, um, we had our last States game and I had been uh, feeling under the weather since probably early February and it, it got progressively worse. Um, I've been to the walk-in a couple of times. I thought I had mono or the flu and, um, the the doctors didn't really find anything necessarily and i didn't want to get diagnosed with mono because then i wouldn't be able to finish my senior season <laughs> typical hockey. Ho- we're talking typical hockey, hockey player. Yep. yeah typical hockey player mentality so we um lost in the first round of states and uh, we went to the doctor the next day um i really wasn't even like feeling well enough to go to a whole day of school um just like run down tired shortness of breath um so we go to the doctor and they basically tell us the same thing. And my dad goes, I'm not accepting that as an answer this time. Um, my son is, should be in peak physical condition and he can't even walk up the stairs. Um, we need like to chest x-ray or blood work or something. And so um, one thing led to another, uh, probably by three or four o'clock, we were in the Yale emergency room. Um, my pediatrician had called and she said, uh, Charlie has a tumor in his uh, between his heart and his lung, the size of a softball. Um, I know the top oncologist at Yale, and you guys need to go there right now. Um, so that's how that started. And um, so initially, it was uh, the plan was eight to ten months of um, what was the intense treatment, and then um, about two and a half years of maintenance chemo, which is um, Really not a lot at all, but um, if you were to give it to somebody who hasn't taken any chemo, it would um, probably knock them down a little bit. Um, so we get through the intensive phase. Um, it was pretty terrible to um, describe it in a nutshell. And um, then here we are, I'm back home. I'm recovering, gaining weight again. And um, forgive me, the, the dates are all pretty fuzzy, but um, I started school um, in September of 2018 at Fairfield. And um, about a month in, I was going in for a maintenance chemo and um, just a routine spinal tap. And so when they draw the fluid out, or when they, when they put fluid in, they have to draw some out, obviously. And so they run that for a test. And um, Yale had... Yale found something that they weren't totally sure what it was. And uh, initially they called it a relapse. Um, so we went to Boston for a second opinion. And Boston said, we don't think this is a relapse at all. We think this is a totally different cancer. And um, so a fun fact, um, and I don't, I don't know um, if, you've, if you've ever experienced this before, but uh, survivors, if they have the little... Uh, bragging right they like to call it um my my little bragging right is according to the boston children's um doctors that i dealt with 
I'm the only person ever to be diagnosed with um, CNS AML, which is um, central nervous system acute myeloid leukemia. AML is usually in the bone marrow or uh, the blood and the spine, but never just in the spine. So they were, they had, they were shocked when they found it. They were like, they were like, there's a lot of nerds talking about you. <laughs> and we've never seen this before anywhere. And so um, that was, that was pretty terrifying, but um, we were in the best place in the world for that. So, and uh, obviously I'm right here. So they did a pretty good job. And you had a bone marrow yeah. transplant with your brother, Will, yep. right? Um, February 4th of 2019, um, my brother was my donor. He gave up the rest of his senior season for me. And so we are a little over a year out of that. And um, most people wouldn't know this, and I wouldn't want you to know this, but um, the big milestone for a transplant is a year, opposed to most cancers, I think, I think, um, five years is when they're like, you're, you're in the clear, like your um, remission's not the word. What's the word? I guess cured, I think is the word. So a year is the, uh, the big milestone. So we just passed that. So that, that felt pretty good. That was a big day. Um, so that's where, that's where we are right now. That's amazing. And now you're currently in isolation with Will, your brother. Yep. Yep. So it's Will and you and your, and your parents, you're in, you're quarantined in, in your parents' house in Fairfield, Connecticut. And how is that going for the four of you? So I think as um, most families would probably agree, uh, tension's a little high being stuck, um, especially because we don't have the, uh, the biggest house. I share a room with my brother. That's just, that's just something that we, um, if we get in a fight or we argue, um, we let it play out to an extent. And then... Um, we just kind of have to move on and, and go on with our day because if you let it bug you the rest of the day, it's, it's going to be a domino effect and, and everybody's going to be in a bad mood by the end of the day. So um, sometimes in the mornings I'll come downstairs and one of us will be arguing and, and um, we let it play out and then we just move past it and uh, get on with our day. So. You guys are all super close, which I love about you guys. Um, mm -hmm. I remember just sitting in your kitchen with you and your mom, and I just could feel the love in your house, and it made me happy. So just so you know, the, the energy in your house is always warm and loving, which I think is great. So Thank you. Charlie, you're an expert in living in isolation and living with this whole concept of social distancing. And I know this is never a topic that you, like I said, I know this isn't a topic you wanted to be an expert in. But since you are, I would just love to hear your, your tips and your advice for mm -hmm. the rest of us because you've done this for so long because of your own health journey. So now that we're all doing this, or at least most of us, right, um, <laughs> give us your best advice and your best tips from the expert himself, Charlie Capalbo. Yeah, of course. Um, the, the, the first thing I would, I would want to say is that um, – we're all in this together. It's not, it's not like we're doing this alone. And, um, and I was for sure not alone um, when I did my isolation, but um, there are transplant patients that go through isolation during the winter. And I can't even imagine because you can't even go hang out outside. Um, and so that's the first thing to recognize. I think that um, we're all in the same boat, or at least we all should be in the same boat. 
Um, and then, so one of, one of my biggest factors to, to getting through this is, um, as simple as positivity and jokes, smiling, um, big on, big on smiles. Um, uh, like I said to you before, it's just, it's one of the few things in this situation that you can control. There's, there's so much that you can't control and so much that's stressful. So you need to take advantage of, of the things, um, that you can control. Um, so that's, that's definitely one of my tips. Um, one of my, one of my other tips is, um, I like to find little, little hobbies to do. Um, I mean, it's pretty obvious, but, um, just like right, like right now, I'm, um, I'm painting a table, um, for our backyard for over the summer. And, um, it's the perfect time. We just go outside, we turn on some music and we just, we just kind of relax. And, um, so I, I think that's pretty nice. It relieves some stress. And then with doctor's approval, being able to go to my, um, uncle's PT clinic, one of the things that, um, uh, and I think I've, I've noticed that people are figuring this out. Exercise is not just physically healthy. It's so healthy mentally. And um, when I, when I was able to start, I hate working out to be honest with you. Um, but it's, it's, it's the effect after the workout, just how great you feel and refreshed. And um, I think um, getting into a routine and not necessarily just with exercise, maybe just, you know, you wake up every morning and you make your coffee and that's the beginning of your routine and you add on to it every day, having structure in a routine like you would normally in your life, I think is very, very important to, um, to keep you feeling healthy and keeping you sane up there because I, I, I do think ha having structure helps you, um, be productive and, not fall into a pit because I, I mean, it did happen a bunch of times. I was, I was in isolation pretty much from February to November and that's a long time. And so doing nothing every day sounds fun for a week or two and it is, and it gets old really fast. And so that having a routine and, and getting into doing things like working out or I started cooking. Um, oh, look at you. Yeah. I bet your mom so, loves that. Yeah. And nah, she doesn't love cleaning up. <laughs> <laughs> you leave her all the mess. No, but that's good. I think um, I love that you're doing cooking. I think that's great. And my son, my Charlie, mm -hmm. who you know from uh, Fairfield Country Day, he, um, he just started cooking his own breakfast and I couldn't believe it. He's never done anything like that, but That's just with awesome. this, with this quarantine life, he's making his own breakfast. So yeah, it's good to um, try these new things. And I can't wait to see the picture of the table in your back for your backyard. Oh, yeah. That's so we're cool. Really, we're getting close. We're see, getting that's close. so good. Okay. And then when you're done with your table, maybe you can pick up something else. Like maybe you'll start mm. painting the chairs or something, right? Yeah. So Charlie, tell me, I know, I know this, um, this might be uncomfortable for you, but does it concern you that some of your peers that are similar to your age are not necessarily practicing the social distancing as much as they should be right now? Is that, is that, does that concern you? Does that upset you? How of are course. you feeling about that? Of course. My mom and I, well, actually our whole family, 
talks about this daily. I'm not saying what they do is okay. I try to look at it from all points of view. I think some people just don't get it. I think that some people, like, like I hate to say it, but um, if I didn't have such informative parents, it would have taken me a little bit longer to catch on to how serious this was. Um, thankfully, my mom was on me at the beginning and she, she was like, Charlie, you need to, you need to pay attention. This is, this is a lot more serious than you think. And, and she basically told me what, what I tell my friends now is that I was like, I'm not worried about myself. And my mom said to me, Charlie, that's selfish. I don't, I don't care whether or not you're worried about yourself. Although she is worried about me, obviously, but she was like, you need to think about the rest of the country, rest of the world. And, um, and I think that's what, um, a lot of people aren't getting. And I've, I've been getting into it with my friends a little bit and uh, I'm not trying to make it about me. I'm just, you know, using myself as an example, but I, t- I tell them, I'm like, I-, I was just in isolation and now I'm back in isolation. And I really, and everybody really just wants to go back to life as normal. And you're the person, you're one of the people that's not allowing that to happen. And eventually you're going to, you're going to be forced to be in quarantine anyways, because it's going to get that bad. And, and a lot of times they don't really know what to say, but this is one of the things uh, that my mom and I talk about, (laughs) excuse me. Um, It's really hard to, to change somebody's mind like that. So I, I try not to get into it too much with them, but I, I just try and show them that, that I care and, and, and that it's kind of disrespectful to everybody um, that's doing the right thing. I would just tell them, listen to Charlie. Charlie, <laughs> Charlie Capalvo knows best. That's all I would say, right? Because you really do. You, this is something you've been through personally and you, you understand how important this is. And like you said, yeah. the, sooner, the sooner they all do this, the sooner we can be over with this. Mm. And then it's, we can it's, get back to our normal lives again, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I realized pretty early on, this is a, a major collective effort. I don't know why it's taking so long for everybody to understand this. You would, you would think by now that, that pretty much everybody would understand. It is, it is scary for a lot of people. And, and, you know, you're a healthy, a healthy teenager. You're, you're 20 years old and, and you're just like, oh, uh, that's not something I have to worry about. But it is because you have parents, you have grandparents and, and, um, and all these people complaining. It's that it's, that it's ruining their life. It, it ruined their senior year, all this stuff. And I do feel for them, all those college seniors, all these people that are getting laid off, but they're only making it worse by, by not cooperating. So, um, I, I just, I just wish that they could, uh, get that in their head and, and uh, get with the program. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, hopefully this message will get out to more and more people. I think that's important. So how are you doing with virtual learning? This is, you know, you're, you're in your freshman year at Fairfield U and how is virtual learning going for you? It is not easy. Um, School's not really my thing anyways. Um, I just, just don't love it. And so learning online just makes it just that much harder. Um, 
my professors honestly are amazing and and they're doing a really good job it's just that's really it you just kind of have to roll with it yeah yeah it is what it is for now right yeah you can't you can't I think stay. it's also hard for someone like you Charlie cuz you're a people person I feel yeah. like you're you know you connect with people that's like your thing so it is mm -hmm. hard when you you can't even it's different to try to connect with your professors and your you know mm -hmm. your fellow students on zoom are you a zoom expert now charlie or what yeah i mean we <laughs> we have um we have zoom hangouts every once in a while my friends and i and uh three of my classes are on zoom so <laughs> it's a lot of zoom right yeah now, how are you coping with without hockey anymore? You know, not just as a player, but being able a, to watch as it as a spectator, as a fan. It's yeah, uh, it's hard, right? It's a funny question because um, we have uh, two TVs that really remain on in the house during daylight hours: uh, the kitchen TV and my dad's room TV, which is downstairs. And um, both of those TVs have NHL Network on pretty much all day. And now those TVs are just off. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's tough not watching hockey. My dad has reruns on every once in a while. <laughs> um, it's that bad, huh? Reruns. Yeah, the, yeah it's that the bad. The NHL is trying to – the NHL is great with their social media, I think. Yeah. Um, they're uh, trying to – you know, keep hockey relevant, but I mean, there's only so much they can do, but yeah, I think, I think, I mean, this is the first time ever, I think that there's no sports on TV. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird. Crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. Yeah. I mean, there's all these funny jokes on Instagram about like people watching like bowling now. <laughs> totally. My husband's uh, into that too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's so good. Well, so Charlie, your whole mantra has been Capalbo strong. That's mm -hmm. always been your, your like catch line. So how are you remaining strong during these days, during this pandemic? Cause it's hard, right? It's not every day is may not be the greatest day to be Capalbo strong, but how are you doing that? Just, just day by day by day, like get, getting through each day is, is the big part because if, if you, if you sit there, if you wake up in the morning and you go, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this for, for another two, three months? It's going to kill you. It's, it's, it's going to knock you down and you're, you're just, it's going to be hard to have a good day. So you wake up and, and you think about what you're going to do to do good that day, whether it's for yourself or for somebody else, um, whether it's schoolwork or, you know, just taking the dogs for a walk. It's important not to let yourself get overwhelmed with the situation all of these people that are complaining being home with their families I think you need to flip that around and cherish that time with your family like I said my my family <laughs> we fight a good amount being trapped in this little house but that doesn't mean we don't love being around each other like my parents drive me crazy <laughs> my brother says he wants to move to Vermont but that doesn't mean that we don't, we don't hang out and you know watch a movie every once in a while or like my mom's helping me paint the table too. My dad comes and he, he does work outside and my brother comes and he sits outside. He works out outside. So take that time. Don't take that time for granted. Take it and, and, and use it for what you can. I think that's so important because, you know, for someone like me, who's a hockey mom, super busy hockey mom with two, two kids in travel hockey, like your mom was and mm -hmm. is, um, you know, we never had 
family dinner. Every weekend was never, dividing. Ever. Every weekend was divide and conquer. My husband would never. go with one, one of our kids and I'd go with the other. We would like barely see each other. We never had mm-hmm. family dinner. You know, we've had so much family dinner. We've had so many family <laughs> dinners that I like forgot what it was like to not have family dinner. So you're right. It's so funny flip that, that you, flip that mindset, right? Yeah. It's so funny that you say that because when I was younger, I would mention to my friends that we never used to sit down and have dinner. We just didn't have time. We weren't all in the house at the same time. And they used to be like, like what? Not even once a week? And I'd be like, no, never. And, and it, it used to blow their minds. But, but yeah. Um, that's we've, that's we've called had, hockey life, Charlie. Yeah. Hockey life. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. That's what it is, right? Yeah. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't change it for anything. I no. know. I know. We love our hockey community. I miss it. I miss my hockey family. So yeah, it's hard to believe Charlie too, that um, just six weeks ago, just about six weeks, six or seven weeks ago, I watched you being featured on NBC sports. <laughs> um, it was, you know, all about your amazing story and, you know, your sort of your comeback story was featured on NBC sports. And now I just, I look back at that. I'm like, I can't believe that was just like six or seven weeks ago that that was on mm-hmm. TV. How was that experience for you? That was in, in a word. It was unreal. <laughs> um, first of all, NBC is, they're amazing. NBC sports there. That, so that was our uh, second special we did with them. And it was, they're just, I don't even know how to explain how grateful we are for them. And, and how great of a job they did and, and the experiences that like the once in a once in a lifetime experiences that they provided for us, you know, being, being out there, Will and I on the ice with, with uh, Dre, our, our camera friend that we had two years in a row. He's, <coughs> excuse me, he's getting pushed around on a, on a little dolly, like filming us basically from ice. Like it was, it was really cool. It was like all the behind the scenes things and um, recording in the, in the studio and at uh, Chelsea Piers and uh, what is that? Stanford. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was pretty cool too. And um, we were Mike, we went to the, uh, the winter classic in Dallas this year at the cotton bowl and we were uh, mic'd up the whole game. Uh, so that was, that was pretty wild. They took us down, uh, down to the field and it was just, like you said, it was just a really, really cool experience. Yeah. Well, I loved watching it. I cried. Of course I cried like the whole time I cried. I know your mom <laughs> probably did alone. too, but I, my mom, I, I think my mom does every time. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. We love your mom. We're like yeah, birds of a feather. Best. I love her, but yeah, I cried mm-hmm. the whole time. It was so inspiring and so powerful and just, you know, everything you've been through just makes the rest of us appreciate being alive every single day. So I just, you know, first and foremost, I just never want you to forget the impact that you're making on so many people. So I hope you always remember that. I know you do. Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes it's a good, good reminder. So Carly, since we like to focus on good news, do you have any more advice for our listeners that just might be feeling a little sad or down or depressed right now because of this pandemic it is causing a lot of like you said earlier a lot of anxiety a lot of stress and um also too like you know not everyone is is feeling healthy right now you know there's some friends of ours that are currently sick or um, currently being tested right now for COVID-19 but so Mm -hmm. how what advice do you give people on just you know how to not get sad and down and depressed about everything that's going on right now other than maybe channeling our inner charlie capalbo (laughs) 
have somebody to talk about it with. Um, you know, whether it's an old friend that you call up or whether it's your mom, um, it, the feelings that, that people are going to have from this, from, from, you know, whether it's from a loved one being sick or the, the fear of getting sick or just the anxiety of being stuck in your house. Um, these are probably not feelings that you've really experienced before for most people, I, I would think. And uh, I don't think it's a good idea to, to keep those new feelings bottled up inside of you. Um, so it's a, it's a time to be uh, open, I think, because everybody's, you know, you're not the only one feeling like that. So a good time to connect right yeah. connect with someone yeah mm -hmm. reach out and connect i think that's so good that's yep. such good advice charlie i appreciate that so much and it's good to have Thanks. it's good to have some charlie's good news here in our lives so i just want to say thank to you here. so much i know thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and just sharing your story of inspiration and courage and hope you give us hope and you you give us that positivity that we all need and that strength that we all need right now. And I just want you to know, we appreciate it so much. So thank you for everything. Give my best to your whole family. Give your mom a big hug since I can't, I can't give her a hug right now myself, yeah. but um, give her a big hug for me. And of course, please stay well, Charlie, please stay well. That's you as well. Something tell we need. everybody I said, hi, I will. I will. And when, when we're all, out of quarantine, I'll come over and bring my new puppy to come hang out with oh, your dogs too. Do. Yeah. They would love that. <laughs> I know, right? It'd be so fun. So Charlie, we all love you. We're Capalbo strong forever. And thank you again so much. Thank you so much. We love you guys. Thank you for listening to my mom's podcast. Remember, you can find Nina's Got Good News on iTunes and Spotify, also on Google Play, Stitcher, and Outcast. And now we are also on Pandora. Please be sure to subscribe. Also rate and review all her podcasts too. And be sure to share it with a friend. The mission of this podcast is to get better together as a community in the audio space. Please follow my mom on Instagram. Her handle is Nina B. Clark. Don't forget, Clark has an E at the end of it. For now, I'm Blaine Clark. Thank you again for listening, and let's just keep being awesome. XOXO.